0: In this episode, I will be reading some check mail about that stupid Will Smith and Chris Rock thing that people just refused to stop talking about, and now I guess I'm one of you, and then I will be talking about a really old list of the top ten lead singers of all time that Rolling Stone put out that I basically stole from another podcast. I'm low on ideas, but I'm still doing a show, and I think it'll still be fun if it isn't Sorry, try again next time. But uh, for this time, I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates! It's good to be back with you this week. I hope you had a good week between shows. I had a pretty good one myself. Uh, not, not, not too bad at all. Easter has come and gone and passed us by, and I uh, am carrying a little bit of extra sugar weight because uh, that's how Easter works, <laughs> as I'm sure many of you are aware in your own lives. Um, I want to say right up front, uh, sorry to start on a little bit of a down note, but I want to say right up front that, uh, in the week between episodes, in fact, on the day the last episode went up, the day that it was recorded and the day that it went up were not the same day. And in the sort of intermediate time, uh, the world lost Gilbert Gottfried and I had not recorded a segment about him that went up on the last episode. Instead, I did an upload during the week from my phone, just talking about Gilbert for about about 20 minutes, I think, that, uh, and just my relationship and fondness for his work. Um, I encourage you to please listen to that. If you're on one of the apps, you probably got a notification that it went up. If not, uh, actually, I uh, uh, no link was put on the blog. I should make sure the link gets put on the blog. Uh, I'll make sure a link is put on the blog before you hear this, but please go over to the blog and listen to that if you haven't bumped into it yet already. Uh, I'm a big Gilbert Gottfried fan, as I know many people are, and... Um, I just wanted to talk about them for a while, so I did that last week, and I uploaded it sort of in between episodes. I kind of think of those as non-episodes, uh, uh, <laughs> sort of non-episodes. Um, in fact, I used to have a graphic that I would put on those, but since I started just doing them from my phone, they just sort of go up with the empty checking logo, but that's up. Uh, please give that a listen. It'd mean a lot to me if you did. Otherwise, my week was pretty good. Celebrated my uh, niece's birthday and uh just been hanging out with the cats and i've been in my office at work a couple of days and stuff like that and uh it's been eventful and it's been busy it's been a it's been a good good little week here i think um a lot of stuff going on i mentioned the cats the cats are doing great they're uh both napping near me right now in fact as i'm recording this and um but yeah they're both doing great they're both uh Oh boy adventurous <laughs> i'll tell you that they have found their way up on top of my china cabinet which is way up high in the sky and from there they walk across the i'm going to say about inch and a half wide uh, mounting bracket that is uh, holding up my vertical blinds on my back door and they make their way to the top of the refrigerator so i now have nowhere to put stuff to keep it out of their reach unless it's you know behind a cabinet or something Um, boy, I really hope they never get on top of the cabinets in my kitchen. I've got a bunch of beer bottles up there. Just empty beer bottles that I like. And, you know, I just cleaned them out and put them up there for display purposes and fun. If they ever get up there, there's going to be a lot of broken glass on the floor. I don't think there's an easy route for them to do that. I probably shouldn't be saying this out loud. They can... Hear me, and I think they understand more than they let on. Anyway, they're doing good, and they're all over the place, and they've been—they've been a joy this whole week. And uh, uh, you know, we have our skirmishes, of course, but uh, they've basically been a joy. Um, I'll tell you one thing that isn't a joy uh, in <laughs> in dealing with the with the boys. And it's not even so much them; it's just sort of the way things have worked. Uh, I had to get rid of my old couch. I'm sure I talked about that on an episode at one point or another. My old couch was a recliner couch, and they were getting uh, stuck on the inside of it. They—well, uh, I say they—McGuire was getting stuck on the inside of it, just sort of paw-trapped, you know, and and not being able to get his way out, howling for help. And I have to open up the couch and get him out. So that couch had to go because that's my boy, and I'm going to make sure my boy is safe. And I have. No strong love for my recliner couch. I just it it had to go, you know. So that uh, I went to uh, a couch place here, a furniture place, I should say, and and you know there's a new couch that's been ordered. Uh, unfortunately, the new couch has not been delivered, but the old couch has gone away. The old couch was picked up on Thursday of uh, last week. Well, taken out, I guess, on Thursday of the last week, and. So I've been several days without a couch now, and uh, no call from the furniture place telling me when the new couch is going to arrive. Um, they had told me three to four weeks when at the time of purchase, and uh, I was in there, and you know, I I, I kind of did the math, and I had the old couch picked up sort of at the tail end of what would have been three weeks. So I was hoping maybe it'd be that weekend or pretty close. And so far, it has not been close. And I called them, uh, like, at three weeks and said, hey, just want to see where we are. You know, no no big deal. Not, not mad or anything, you know, basically. And they said, yeah, it's uh, still on order, you know. So hopefully the guy wasn't lying to me about it being four weeks because I haven't had a couch for a little while. And frankly, I'm starting to get used to it, to be honest with you. Uh, and I, I don't want that uh because if i get used to not having a couch here in the living room i will just never have a guest again which let's face it the odds of that are fairly low anyway but uh yeah the couch i don't have a couch right now so i've got nowhere to sit and pet my cats except for the floor or the chair in their room or the bed in my bedroom uh so that's a little bit of a pain but i've got a new couch coming and i'm excited about the new couch i just don't know when it's going to get here i'm dying to hear my phone ring and to be the furniture place. But we'll see, we'll see. we're waiting for now. In the meantime, I've reorganized my living room a little bit to make a little bit of room because the new couch is slightly wider than the old couch and some stuff had to move. and that uh, actually seems to have irritated the cats because I think I moved a couple of things that were hiding places for them that, uh, that I wasn't really aware of, but that, I mean, one of them I was, but it barely counted as a hiding place, but it still went away, and I think they were mad at me about that, because they spent all last night just kind of finding different other places to hide, which, fine, that's okay, I get it. Cats need places to hide, I'm fine with that. But, yeah, it was just kind of, I, I could tell they weren't happy with my reorganizing. And, uh, honestly, the couch has been gone long enough that they may not be happy when the new couch comes in, so we'll see what happens with that, but... Uh, Uh, The living room's been reorganized, the couch is on the way, the cats are getting up on the china cabinet and the fridge. Uh, It's been kind of nuts. In the midst of all that, I bought myself a new hat. (laughs) It's a baseball cap, one that I got off of Etsy from, you know, a small business owner, obviously. And uh, it's just, it just says cat dad on it. Just a black hat says cat dad and the cat dad is in kind of a kind of rainbow colors. Uh, at least as much of the uh, Roy G. Biv as you can get without running out of uh, letters. Um, but yeah, it's it. I just I just liked it. I just thought it was cute, and I liked that it was available in you know the rainbow stitching for the lettering. I'll put a picture of this on the blog. That uh, uh, I I just liked that that was. I could get it in rainbow colors because that also gets to piss off bigots. And uh, my approach with that is if somebody asks me, I say, what, no, I'm I'm not gay, which by the way, I'm not. but I'm not gay. what what's your problem with rainbows, man? And I just make him explain it to me because I think that like the more bigots hear what they say and see people reacting to what they say with confusion and just like, what what are you talking about? what, really? What? You know, just like, just not, not an anger reaction, but confusion. I think the more they get that, the more they're going to realize that they're fucking idiots. So uh, this hat's fun on a number of levels. It communicates that I'm a cat dad and uh, also that I'm on the right side of history. So I'm, I'm for this hat. Uh, and I, I've, it's, it's also really comfortable. Uh, I'll, I'll try and find a link to the seller's store because they, uh, they know how to pick a good hat. So I'm happy with my new hat. I'm happy with my kitties. I'm uh, not happy with my couch situation because there isn't one here, but hopefully soon. We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, if you like the show and you want to know more about it, there is a companion blog that you can visit over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. If you want to know more about me, go over to derekbrink.com. There's lots of stuff to click on there. You can mostly learn about my musical career. Uh, speaking of my musical career, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all available at derekbrink.bandcamp.com for absolutely free. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can just take it. I won't even know that you took it. I don't don't collect your email. I would just love it if you loved it. Also, we're available on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on at the moment. And you can email me at db at derekbrink.com with any of your questions, concerns, comments, and so on. And I will most likely reply back to you, and you might even get a letter read on the show And we're gonna do that today, actually. Somebody emailed me with something that... I'm a little bit low on content because I've been buying stuff for the house rather than buying cool pop culture stuff, so uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna address the elephant in the room that everybody's sick of hearing everybody's take on, and I don't need to hear another take on, and I don't even need to hear my take on, but I'm gonna address the elephant in the room and talk about the slap heard round the world as soon as we get back from this musical break. The second episode in a row that I've read check mail to you. For those who are unfamiliar with the show or just don't remember what I say from one episode to the other, and really who could blame me for that? Checkmail is mail from listeners like you. People email me at db at derekbrink.com from time to time. Uh, which I've noticed, I'd never get any comments on any of the social pages or anything like that. I just get emails from people because I think we've entered a time in society where people prefer not to get into arguments and comment sections. And oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God that we're there. Uh, so all of you are cool and uh, are good folks with good hearts, and you email me instead of writing nonsense in the comments. God bless you. I'm so happy that you're a fan. But uh, yeah, I got a piece of uh, check mail. And I want to read it, and I want to respond to it, because it is a topic that everybody's run into the ground right now, and you haven't heard it from me yet, and I'm sorry, but you're going to hear it, because I promised myself I wouldn't talk about it unless someone asked. Because who cares? Who cares what I have to say? Who cares what anyone has to say about it at this point? But someone did ask, so I'm going to give them an answer, and you're all going to hear it too. Our, uh, our... Letter today, our letter today, I got it in the in the mail, it was registered. Our uh, email today comes from, this is cute, comes from someone identifying himself as G.I. Jason. Adorable, I get it. Uh, and it reads as follows. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dear Uncle Derek, I know this is probably the kind of thing that you would rather ignore. By the way, G.I. Jason, thank you for calling me Uncle Derek. I love it when you guys do that. Uh, I know this is probably the kind of thing that you would rather ignore, but I was wondering if you have any thoughts on the Whalesmith-Chris Rock slap. And then he enumerates a list for me, for me to follow. One, are you Team Will or Team Rock? Two, do you think it was staged? Three, do you think the Academy's punishment is fair? Thanks, G.I. Jason. Okay, well, there's some questions there, and there's some more I'm gonna say outside of those questions, but, uh... Let's deal um, with those questions in order. I assume, by the way, that I don't need to tell you what the slap is. Uh, During the Academy Awards, Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife, and uh, Will Smith got up and slapped Chris Rock in the face and twice very loudly shouted after he had returned to his seat when Chris Rock was addressing it. uh, Will Smith shouted, Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And, uh, it became a whole thing, and in the time that's passed, Will, uh, resigned his membership in the Academy, and the Academy told him that he can't attend an Oscars for ten years, even if he's nominated. That's the very short version of it. But it seems impossible that you would have been on the internet at all in the past several weeks and not already know that, so, anyway, uh... The list that G.I. Jason uh, presents, By uh, if you don't get that, the joke that Chris Rock made was he uh, seeing Jada Smith's uh, bald head made a joke about her being in G.I. Jane 2. Uh, G.I. Jane, of course, being a movie that was starring, who was that? Sigourney Weaver, I think, as a woman going into the military, which is unheard of. And, uh, she shaved her head for the role, and that was, so that was the joke, that she's gonna be in a movie as a bald lady. That was the joke. Not his best work, but that was the joke. And Will Smith got up and slapped him, uh, and then yelled profane things twice, uh, with a globally televised audience. He knew he was on TV. He knew those live. He knew what he was doing. Um, but that's, that's, it's the bird's eye view. So G.I. Jason, he asks, are you Team Will or Team Rock? I'm a little bit more Team Rock. I honestly always have been uh, Will Smith. Uh, the, okay, the, I, there are some rabid, diehard Will Smith fans out there, and I'm not trying to step on your toes with what I'm about to say or any of what I'm going to say. Uh, I, I've just never been that big of a Will Smith fan which is not to say that I dislike Will Smith. I you know, I liked him back in the Fresh Prince days. I watched that. Uh, but Will Smith seems like he's really good at what he does. It's just the kind of movies that he does are not the kind of movies that I'm predisposed to see. Because typically I see, oh, that's this year's summer blockbuster. I can probably skip that is kind of <laughs> my unfortunate attitude to the movies these days. And Will Smith tends to make the year's summer blockbuster. Um, Or if not, he makes a movie about Venus and Serena Williams' dad, which I don't feel any need to see because I don't have that much interest in professional tennis. So, uh, you know, he just makes movies that are a little bit outside of my uh, level of interest. And that's not a commentary on him. That's not a commentary on his acting. He appears to be a very good actor in the things that I've seen him in. The things I've seen him in, I've enjoyed him in. I'm just not a massive fan of his to the point where just hearing that he's in something means that I'm going to see it regardless of if I'm interested in the subject matter or not. If I'm interested in the subject matter and Will Smith is in it, okay, great, I'll watch that. And he's usually good, you know? Uh, I mean, he's always good in the stuff that I've seen. So it's not a knock on Will Smith for me to say I'm not a big Will Smith fan. Uh, Chris Rock, I've honestly gone back and forth on a number of times over the years. Used to really dislike him, but then he started showing up in stuff that I liked, and I went, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. And I watched some of his act and went, wow, he's... He pushes boundaries in a way that makes me uncomfortable, which I think is the point. Uh, but in between doing that, he tells some really funny jokes. So I've, I've kind of come come around on Chris Rock over the years. I get him. Um, not again, not necessarily one of my go-to comics. But if I he if he shows up in something that I'm already watching, or if I'm like scrolling around on the TV and I see that there's a Chris Rock comedy special, I might go, "Uh, all right, I'll check out a little bit of that, you know, but I'm not going to go out of my way to always see what Chris Rock is doing. So kind of the same level of interest as Will Smith, but Chris Rock just happens to show up in more stuff that I'm interested in. So I guess I kind of lean Team Chris Rock just in general, but especially in this situation, I think I lean Team Chris Rock because uh, he was... He made a bad joke about someone with a medical condition that he reportedly did not know that she had because she suffers from alopecia, which makes your hair fall out. Um, and that's the main thing that alopecia does, from my understanding. It just makes your hair fall out. Uh, Jeffrey Ross, stand-up comic Jeffrey Ross, also has alopecia. You might he He wrote something recently about it after the slap incident. You might Google that and check it out. Uh, but yeah, he didn't, reportedly Chris Rock did not know that she had that. He made a joke, people laughed, in fact, there's pretty clear footage of Will Smith laughing at the joke, and, uh, Jada did not laugh, as you would imagine, and after that, Will got up and slapped him. Uh, one wonders what happened between the time that Will laughed and the time that Will got out of his chair. But uh, yeah, got up and slapped Chris Rock, and Chris Rock said, well, Will Smith just, just just slapped the shit out of me." And he said, "Dude, it was a G.I. Jane joke." And uh, Will Smith yelled, "Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth!" And said, "All right, I will," and just kind of moved on. Chris Rock handled it very professionally. Will Smith handled it very unprofessionally. In the situation, there was there was one person being professional, and there was another person not being professional. Uh, Chris Rock has always done that kind of joke, that kind of audience joke, that kind of appearance joke, based on what someone looks like. That's who Chris Rock is as a comic to a certain extent. It would be expected that he would go after the biggest names in the room, and there's very few names bigger than Will Smith and family. Doesn't mean that the emotions that Will Smith felt weren't understandable, but... Especially when you know that you're in a room with a live TV feed with a bunch of people, you temper your response. Which he did not do. Which leads to the question Do I think it was staged? That's G.I. Jason's second question Do I think it was staged? Uh, I've thought about it. I think that once Will started moving, he didn't know what he was going to do, and he got to the stage and had to do something, and he delivered a really half-assed slap, because you can see that it was not a very good slap. Um, I don't think it was staged. I think he just pulled it at the last moment because he realized, I don't really want to hurt him, and, like, I don't want to get arrested at the Oscars, so I'm just going to paintbrush him, you know. I think that's what happened there. And then he went down and he yelled profane things twice to a live audience uh, going out to TV. That was unprofessional, uh, I don't think it was staged because, really, if it was staged, to what end? To pop a quarter-hour rating on the Oscars? To pop a rating for the last award of the Oscars? That's it, because it didn't. It didn't do much for the ratings for the whole show, just for that quarter hour and the end. People clicked over, maybe, but it doesn't. It's not gonna bring an audience next year. It's not gonna... You know, like Everybody isn't thinking, oh, the Oscars are now must-miss. The, the people are thinking, well, that was a travesty. That was a train wreck. You know, that's all people are thinking. It's not doing anything. It certainly isn't doing anything for Will Smith's career. It's not doing anything for Chris Rock's career, because Chris Rock isn't addressing it in his act now. He probably will at some point, but he isn't... He's purposely not saying anything about it. I don't think that was staged. I think in the moment, Will Smith pulled the slap because he, you know, realized what he was doing too late to stop it. Uh, and I think that the shouting was him just realizing, and oh, in for a dime, I may as well just, I'm, I'm tanking my career right now. I may as well go all in, you know? And I think that's what happened. So no, I don't think it was staged. And do I think that the Academy's punishment is fair? I don't think the Academy's punishment matters that much after he's already withdrawn his membership, to be honest with you. Um, but that the Academy gave him a 10-year ban from the ceremony, fine, whatever. Uh, there are people who think they should have taken back the Oscar. What happened that night doesn't change whether or not his was the best performance of the year. I hate to put it that way, but it doesn't. Um... And there are people who are rightly pointing out that there are people that were in the same room, that had committed far worse sins, that have been credibly accused of horrible crimes, that are getting no punishment, meanwhile Will Smith is getting punished for slapping a guy and saying the F-word. The sad difference there is uh, the real villains, the real evil, uh, doesn't usually take place on a globally televised event. Uh, translated into multiple other languages, recorded for all time. The truly evil generally do their work behind closed doors. Will Smith did not, and that is why he's being punished, and that is why some others are not. That's sad. That's unfair. It's awful. But that's why it's happening. And we, to some degree, need to understand that. That yes, his sin is lesser than Anybody in that room who has been credibly accused of sexual assault or worse, but we don't have footage of that. We didn't all see it happen live on TV. So that uh, that kind of explains some of that. I've talked about the slap itself. I thought the slap was kind of pathetic. The profanity was actually more alarming to me, because after he did the slap, he could have just uh, he could have shrugged it off and just sort of let it go, and just. He could have handled himself a little bit more, with a little bit more decorum at that point. Instead, he shouted the F word at the guy a couple of times and made the entire room incredibly uncomfortable. Um, like, I think up until the first F bomb, the room kind of thought, ah, oh, this is a bit, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, he I, the profanity was more alarming to me, and I, I don't give a fuck about profanity. I don't give a fuck shit bastard ass about profanity. But just the fact that he did that, knowing the audience, knowing the reach of the show, knowing the moment that he was in, that that is more alarming to me. That's an anger problem at that point. Getting up there and pulling your punch, literally pulling your punch because you realize, ah, I'm in a bad situation here. That's, well, as I, think, uh, as I think DJ Jazzy Jeff said, that's a lapse in judgment. Uh, a very bad lapse in judgment, but it's one that uh, well, I look, I got up there and I, I realized what I was doing and I kind of half-ass stopped myself and you know, et cetera, et cetera. What he hasn't done is uh, the 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 other half-ass thing he's done is he he issued a half-ass public apology to Chris Rock. Needs to contact the guy privately. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but the 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 slap itself, ugly, horrible. The profanity to me was even more alarming because that was a guy who just, he stopped giving a shit. He was tanking his career at that point, and he, he was fine with it. Congratulations. Job well done, I suppose. Um, Chris Rock handled it like a complete professional, moved on, kept smiling, moved forward with the rest of the show. Uh, Questlove's speech is not going to be remembered at all. Not that it would have been anyway, but uh, Questlove's speech, and that's not an insult to Questlove, you just how often do you actually remember the speech? His speech isn't going to be remembered at all. There are going to be a lot of people who aren't going to remember that Questlove has an Academy Award at this point. But uh, And that's a shame, because that should be something people know. Uh, Will Smith took over the night. The way only Will Smith could do, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. That was sad. Uh, I don't give a shit about the Academy's punishment. I don't give a shit about any of that. It doesn't matter. Uh, what happened happened, and if someone's gonna give Will Smith another job, he's gonna do that job, and people are gonna give him more jobs. It's just gonna happen. He's Will Smith. He's gonna be. He's gonna make money. He's going to make money off of this, I can guarantee you. There is a Super Bowl commercial waiting to happen next year revolving around this. Um, Maybe he needed material for his autobiography. What do I know? He's going to make money off this situation. Chris Rock is ultimately going to benefit from the situation, too. That's why people are asking if it was a work. Pardon me, I used pro wrestling terminology. People are asking if it was staged. Uh, That's what work means in pro wrestling. If it's a work, it's staged. Um. very loosely in the vernacular. People are asking that because, yeah, both of these guys are going to benefit from it, but I don't think that was anyone's intention. I don't give a shit about the the punishment, and I guess I'm team Chris Rock. So, G.I. Jason, I hope I covered everything there. I even talked a little bit about alopecia in the midst of all that. Um. Yeah, it was a dumb situation, and we're all dumb for talking about it, and I'm dumb for being in that crowd now. So thank you very much, G.I. Jason, for making me dumber. <laughs> uh, that that was unfair to you. Uh, please don't come up and slap me and tell me to keep your name out of my fucking mouth. Um, sorry that I'm uh, uh, talking about it, those of you who are tired of hearing people talk about it. I'm tired of hearing people talk about it. I'm especially tired now of hearing me talk about it, so I'm going to stop fucking talking about it, and I hope you're not going to hear any more about it from me. I hope we don't hear any more about it from anyone ever, even though there's going to be a million jokes about it on next year's Academy Awards, as though it was. as though anyone remembers at that point, because life moves so quickly these days, and so does entertainment. But, uh. anyway, it was dumb, and it's over now, and for God's sake, let's just let it be over, and let's talk about literally anything else in our next segment. Right, this next segment is one I am flat-out stealing from a different podcast, because I'm low on ideas, because I haven't bought a lot of stuff that'd be fun to talk about here lately, but I just restarted the show, so I didn't want to take a week off. I wanted to give you some content, and this is content where I'll be talking about stuff I like. i going to a list thing here, uh, which I like doing lists, and I like shows that are, you know, like that, the uh, top ten, whatever, top five, whatever. Uh, my brother and I—you guys know Dave—he's been on the show. We're—we've uh, been talking on and off about doing a list-based podcast sometime soon. Which, really, Dave, if you're listening, it's on you, man. Uh, whenever you want to start doing that, if you want to do it as its own show, if you want to do it as just a monthly thing on this show, or if you want that to just be this show, whatever. Uh, let's let's do that. I'm up. You know, uh, let's do our list show. Um but in this case, the list is kind of a weird one. And I'll, I'm will i just going to cop to where I got this from right up top. I got this from listening to... do you, it, or, <laughs> Let me get the name of the show right. I'm so tired. Sorry, folks. I uh, got this from Did You Get My Text with Patton Oswalt and Meredith Salinger. Uh, I love that show. I love both of those people. And uh, they, on their most recent episode, did a thing where Patton brought to the table... Rolling Stone's list of the uh, readers' poll list. It's a list compiled by the readers. I cannot talk today. It's a list compiled by the readers, just reader votes, to determine who the best lead singer of all time is, the top ten best lead singers. And Patton brought that to the table and read it out to Meredith, and they both stated their agreements and objections and so on to the list. One thing that uh, Patton did not point out is uh, he did not point out that the list is from 2011. So I don't know why it came to his attention, uh, but it's a very old list. That's an 11-year-old list, and uh, that's—all right, so that's what he did on his show. Uh, I guess on their show. It's both of their show. That's what they did on their show, Uh, but Patton was the one who brought the list, so I zeroed in on him there. Um, But it was an interesting list, and it made me want to do my own list of the top 10 lead singers of all time uh, for 2022, um, I guess, for me. Uh, But Patton read the Rolling Stone list and just kind of then went into his and Meredith's own suggestions and own thoughts on it with occasional comments as they were reading out the list. But here's the list of at, at Rolling Stone's readers in 2011 said are the 10 best lead singers of all time. Uh, and I want to get into, before I even get to that, to be honest with you, sorry for delaying, uh, I want to just say, I, I think people may approach lists like these the wrong way, because the word is best, not favorite, you know? Uh, so that... To me, that's a different criteria. If we're going with my favorite singers, I would have a slightly different list than the one I'm going to present to you. But anyway, here are the ten as as per the 2011 readers of Rolling Stone magazine. At number ten, Kurt Cobain. At number nine, Chris Cornell. Number eight, John Lennon. Number seven, Eddie Vedder. Number six, Roger Daltrey. Number five, Jim Morrison. Number four, Mick Jagger. Number three, Bono, number two, Freddie Mercury, and number one, Robert Plant. So that's an interesting list, and I have a lot of issues with that list. There are only a couple of names from that list that are going to make it onto my list. Um, First of all, putting Kurt Cobain on a Best Singers list in general is just insane. Uh, Very good writer, very compelling voice, I would say. Very compelling to listen to. Not a good singer. Doesn't belong on the list. Sorry. Chris Cornell probably belongs on the list. He's not on my list. I would accept him as an alternate for who I have at number 10, because you're all going to hate who I have at number 10. But Chris Cornell, very good singer. I have no problem with him being on a list. John Lennon, acceptable singer, good singer, phenomenal songwriter. Phenomenal front man. If that was the criteria for how to get on the best singers list, absolutely. John Lennon should be at the top of it. I don't know that he really belongs on the list of best singers. Best songwriters? Yeah. Best songs? Yeah, sure. Great. Best singers? I question it. And then to put Roger Daltrey and Eddie Vedder on the same list right next to each other seems redundant to me. Um, I, I have no problem with either one uh, based on, I mean, Eddie Vedder, his voice defined a genre. Roger Daltrey, his voice, I mean, when you think of rock and roll screams, you think of Roger Daltrey. So I got no problem with either of those. It just seems redundant to have them both. Jim Morrison does not belong on this fucking list. Uh, not even that good of a songwriter. Come at me, Doors fans. His poetry was nonsense and you know it. Actually, you probably don't because you're too fucking stoned, Uh, but uh, Jim Morrison was a sloppy mess and doesn't belong on the list. Mick Jagger, I see how you get there, and again, if the subject was just frontmen, probably would be on my list. I don't think he's a best singer. Uh, Frontman, yes. Writer, yes. Entertainer, absolutely. Singer, eh, maybe not. And this is coming from me, who's a guy who you can hear my voice on the Bandcamp site, and it's, you know, only what it is. But I'm I'm not saying, even when I say somebody doesn't belong on a best singer list, I'm not saying that I hate their voice. I like Kurt Cobain. You know, I love John Lennon. I actually really don't like Jim Morrison. That one I'm going to stand by. I love Mick Jagger. I don't know if he's a best singer. Bono was on the list. Bono is one that Patton Oswalt even questioned. He goes, Bono? You know, it just kind of questioned it. I think Bono actually definitely belongs on the list. He's got a great voice. He's the defining voice of that band. You put anybody else in that role and you too kind of sucks. But Bono is great. So he's, surprise, surprise, he's going to be on my list. Freddie Mercury, no problem there. Robert Plant, All I can think of is how pitchy he is and I'm Gonna Crawl, which is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. I don't know that he's a best singer. Uh, He's a fantastic—I mean, he absolutely fits Led Zeppelin. He does great solo stuff. I've got quite a bit of his solo stuff. I love his voice. I really do. I don't know that he's a best, Uh, which I guess is going to lead into my list which is going to be very frustrating with who I have at number 10, but a little bit more on Patton and Meredith's show before I do that, I guess. Uh, they threw out several names that they thought should be under consideration. Uh, I mean, Patton questioned Bono, but uh, uh, Patton argued that Freddie Mercury should be at number one, which Meredith seemed to disagree with. Although she said she wouldn't put one above the other, she'd say they're all great and just let it go. Um, they all—they both. By the way, Uh, both Patton and Meredith also pointed out that this list has one, has, uh, two things that jump out at you, uh, entirely male and entirely white guys. Uh, that of course is overlooking that Freddie Mercury is Persian. Uh, not a white guy, Persian. Easy not to know that, I understand. Uh, when I got into Queen in the 90s, every biography of Queen started with Farouk Balsara was born to, uh, his parents in, you know, in Zanzibar. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, uh, not entirely white, but close enough, and yes, entirely male, so that that is worth noticing. Um, but they threw out some other singers. Prince was mentioned. Makes sense to me. Tina Turner was mentioned. I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of missed the boat on Tina Turner. A uh, couple of songs I like. I'm aware of the I Can Tina stuff, but not not a huge fan. Uh, Stevie Wonder was mentioned. That's a good choice. Some of the uh, punk guys for defining the genre were mentioned Joe Strummer, Johnny Rotten. I would even maybe toss Joey Ramon into that conversation if we're doing like a wide sweeping thing. Meredith Salinger suggested Phil Collins uh, and Simon LeBon and uh, ELO and Cat Stevens. And Pat Oswalt made a really strong pitch for Janis Joplin, with which I firmly disagreed because I think. Janice Joplin was a mess of a singer. Uh, I know that people love her and love her voice. I I I don't get it. It sounds like cat claws on chalkboard to me. but uh, sorry, everybody. I know everybody in the world loves Janice Joplin except for me and I'll tell you what I even enjoy listening to Janice Joplin in small doses, but I can take about two, three songs before I'm like, all right, do another piece of my heart and let me go home. you know like that's I, I just I just not the screechy quality of it, like, I just, it hurts my throat to listen to. Um which is really going to make my list frustrating for you guys here in just a second. I'm going to get right into it. And at number 10 on my list, Getty Lee. Getty fucking Lee is at number 10 on my list. Right after what I said about J.S. Joplin, what I said about Robert Plant, Getty Lee is at number 10. I'm not joking. This is a no way a joke. Getty Lee is my number 10 for best singers. Uh, the Getty Lee voice that you're thinking of was present on the first four albums, and then he reined it in and tempered it, and it turned into a really nice baritone. You just only know working man that's that's your problem with Getty Lee got a great voice you just you just haven't heard like I I don't gravitate toward the early stuff partially because of what he was doing as a singer as as well a great voice great voice outside of those albums man you gotta listen to the later stuff I listened to Test for Echo and Counterparts and Clockwork Angels really good voice really good voice Getty Lee's at my at my number 10 uh, and if nothing else he's so polarizing that I want him on this list alternate Chris Cornell <laughs> if that makes you feel any better but Getty Lee is my number ten um i with my list I want to be a little bit more show a little bit more variety than what you got on uh on the Rolling Stone list uh as Patton and Meredith were suggesting but uh, at number nine Rufus Wainwright I adore Rufus Wainwright I love his voice his voice sounds like what silk would wear if it were out of silk to me uh that sounded like a knock i i meant for it to be like uh it's so nice that silk would wear it is what i was trying to say i like rufus wainwright's voice a lot so he's my number nine uh, i've gotten the pleasure to pleasure to see him perform live and uh he sounds the same live as he does on the records and not everybody can pull that off uh he can and it's a wonderful treat I love his voice. He's my number nine for best singers, lead singers of all time, which also leans into the question of if we're doing best lead singers, do they have to be in a band or or can they be a solo artist? Because that's a question too. I actually looked at the Rolling Stone article and they didn't really have a lot of caveats, so I'm going with just whoever I like. Rufus Wainwright is a solo artist, but he's on my list. Uh, At number eight on my list, I put Bono. I agree that Bono belongs on the list. I wouldn't have him as high as Rolling Stone did, but he belongs on the list. He's a great singer. He is the reason to listen to that band. Uh, And that's coming from a guy who lists The Edge as one of his primary guitar influences. Bono is one of the reasons, is basically the reason to listen to U2. Belongs on the list. At number seven, I put Roger Daltrey. He's the guy that you think of when you think of rock and roll screams. And on that alone, he belongs on there. He's just... Great. And I'm <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a big Who fan, as you all know. I don't feel the need to justify it any further. Roger Daltry is on my list. And at number six, uh, a little bit smoother of a voice, a little bit sexier of a voice, Marvin Gaye I'm putting on the list. Marvin Gaye is in at number six for me. Uh, I really love Marvin Gaye, and I think it's criminal that he doesn't get talked about in these lists more often, so I want to talk about him. He's my number six. Number five, Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden. One of the most powerful voices I've ever encountered, and he does it every night and does it well and nails the vocal parts every time and has great breath control. He holds really long notes that are often in weird parts of his range. He holds them for a long time and delivers them, and they're right in key, and it's perfect. Bruce Dickinson is... To me, the quintessential metal singer, although others will argue Dio, others will argue Halford, to me it's Bruce Dickinson, and he's at number five on my list. At number four, David fucking Bowie is on my list. Bowie's voice, he could do so many different things. He could do rock, he could do jazz, he could do pop, he could do— I mean, he just whatever was was called upon by the song or by the moment, Bowie could do it, and it was always great. Bowie's my number four. Number three, Prince. I can't believe Prince wasn't on the Rolling Stone list. Just one of those... Just a crazy range and able to sing so many different styles and sing it well and be always interesting to listen to. Prince definitely should be on that list. At number two, the only female on my list, I tried to... I really tried to include more women on my list, but every time I started to include one, I went, yeah, but is she do I think her voice is better than the other people who are already on this list? And I kept thinking, no, but it made me want to do like a best female artist list because I I mean, I want to mention Judy Garland and Joan Baez and Lady Gaga and Mama Cass and Susanna Hoffs. And I, 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 I want to mention all these women that are great singers who I love, whose catalogs I'm deeply familiar with. Taylor Swift, even, even though her voice isn't the you know she isn't going to shatter a glass with with her vocal range. Her voice is perfect for what she does. I, you want you want to mention all of these people, but I've only got one on the list, and it's one I don't think anybody can argue with. My number two pick is Aretha Franklin, because whatever else you think about Aretha Franklin, just imagine walking around knowing that you have that voice that you can bust out at any moment. And that's why Aretha Franklin carried herself that way. She had the definitive voice. Queen of soul, no kidding. Queen of singing, more like. Uh, yeah, Aretha Franklin's at number two on my list. And at number one, Freddie Mercury. Uh, how was Freddie Mercury not number one on the best singers list? He's, he was just unapproachable by any other singer. He's number one. He will always be number one. We don't have to spend any more time on that. So it's, it, it, that, that's my list. Getty Lee, sorry, alternate with Chris Cornell if you want to. Uh, Rufus Wainwright Bono, Roger Daltrey, Marvin Gaye, Bruce Dickinson, David Bowie, Prince, Aretha Franklin, and my number one, Freddie Mercury. Um, a whole bunch of people were under consideration, believe me, that didn't make it uh, I mean, I even thought about Leonard Cohen. I thought about James LeBrie from uh, Dream Theater. I thought about Tony Bennett. Uh, I, I had. Uh, and I just rattled off a list of women's names that should be under consideration. I mean, Mama Cash should almost definitely be on the list. That seems like an oversight on my part. If I had to 15, there'd be a lot more women on this list. Uh, I mean, Susanna Hoffs, Jesus. Uh, Sinead O'Connor maybe even should be on the list. She has one of those beautiful voices. And. Talking about Roger Daltrey and his rock and roll screams. If you want to hear one of the best all time rock and roll screams, you're going to want to listen to Kim Shattuck from The Muffs. Uh, I, you know, there are a lot of. I want to do a favorite female artists list. And really, I wish any of these lists were worded that way that they're your favorite artist, not necessarily the best. Because no matter what you're doing, no matter what your metrics, your own favoritism is going to find its way in. I have Getty Lee on a list of best singers. That's favoritism. Because I understand, and don't even necessarily disagree with some of the objections about the first four albums, but uh, he's on the list for me. He sort of combines what I think are the best elements of John Anderson of Yes and Robert Plant of Zeppelin and forges ahead into new territory. I think he deserves to be there, frankly, more than either of those guys, and I love both of those guys. It's a hard thing to do to make one of these lists. And I would like to do this more often. Dave, if you're listening, let's start doing a list show. It'll probably have a little bit more room to breathe when we do it than me just rattling off all this information very quickly. We can, you know, have conversations and stuff. It'd be a fun show to do. I think we should do that Checkmates, right in and tell me to do that, and (laughs) I'll show the emails to my brother and pressure him to get a show going, or at least come on this show, and we'll do that from time to time. But uh, I'll put up on the blog so we have some kind of content on there, some kind of photos. Sorry if you can hear my uh, stool that I'm sitting on creaking. Uh, Just so we have some content on the blog, I'll put up uh, pictures of albums from the people on my top 10 list, or something like that. Uh, Like maybe my recommended listening for those artists. But uh, I, I enjoyed making this list. I would like to do more of that kind of stuff. and uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing it. Those are my that's my response to the top 10 lead singers uh, of all time from 2011 on the Rolling Stone site that Baton Oswald, for some reason drug up on his and Meredith's podcast this past week. but it, it inspired me to do more. Um, And that's, I I guess that's the segment. You got my top 10. What are your top 10? Email me at db at derekbrink.com or leave a comment somewhere. There's a lot of the apps I'm not going to see it on. Uh, I don't get notifications to any of that if anybody writes there. Uh, Only places I'll see a comment is on the blog or if you email me, and I'm a lot more likely to see the email. So email me, db at derekbrink.com, Tell me who I left out. Tell me how much you hate Getty Lee, and I will tell you you're wrong. Uh, tell me what your list would be. Let's have some fun with this thing. Or just make your own list and then never show it to anyone. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. I just hope this was fun for you, because it was fun for me. So that's my list, and I hope one day to hear yours. One man stand idly by, and another man a savior one man choose to give his life and another man pull the trigger one man give all that it got and one man drowns riches one man bathes the fire alive and another burned by what he is and then oh, and then and then he is a man and then now on this episode i think i pissed off both will smith fans and janice joplin fans this is going to be a fun week in the inbox for me Uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. I think we're done. (laughs) That's how we're ending the show this week. I think we're done. Um, I I had fun with this. I kind of like the ones where I just have to pick a topic rather than talk about stuff that I've recently bought, because the stuff that I've recently bought, that's easy to give you a, you know, up-to-the-moment opinion on, but, like, just picking a topic and kind of Zeroing in on that—that's fun for me, and and lists are a great great way to do that. That's always a lot of fun. Um, I guess like I mean I've got stuff that I I am gonna be buying here coming up, and stuff that I've sort of got on order. I've got a Bissell handheld vacuum coming to me in the mail probably today because uh, these cats have a lot of hair that they leave places. Uh, (laughs) I had McGuire in my lap for about two minutes the other day, and when he got up, he just, it looked like he exploded all over my shirt. Uh, And I've got, you know, my orange cat with his white hair in there too. And I've got my uh, little brown and gray and black guy, which means that any clothing that I'm wearing will show cat hair. Um, like they, I just I picked the two colors that would show up on everything. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's what love will do to you. So I've got a Bissell vacuum coming, so I can deal with some of their hair that they're leaving around the place, and hopefully vacuum up some of the cat litter that keeps spilling out, as you would imagine. Just the litter, all the stuff stays in the box, but you know, cat litter goes everywhere. That's how it works. So uh, yeah, I got a vacuum coming. I'll tell you if I like that or not. Maybe, in the next episode. Other stuff. I hope everybody had a happy Easter, whatever you did. I didn't do a lot. Uh, I actually, the night before, we celebrated my niece's birthday, and my dad is part of that. I, my dad and or Susan, I'm not sure if that was a two-person venture or not. It happened very quickly. Uh, gave out candy to all, all of us, all of us kids, uh, some of whom are in our 40s and so on. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I got a bag of jelly bellies, like a big bag of jelly bellies uh, that uh, just tons and tons of jelly bellies because I love jelly bellies. So uh, I've been sitting around eating jelly bellies for the last couple of days and uh, I don't feel good because <laughs> I've been eating them like nonstop and just way too quickly. And uh, I, I feel fat and terrible and I can't stop. They're, uh, they're my kryptonite. If you ever want to just take me down, hand me a bag full of Jelly Bellies, and you're not going to see me for the rest of the day. I love Jelly Bellies. Uh, Jelly Bellies are great for when you want to follow up a a cup of coffee with hot buttered popcorn and a kiwi and a pineapple and a watermelon and then a glass of milk, uh, and you don't want anyone to look at you weird. You just get some Jelly Bellies and just shove that in your mouth, and it just happens. One of them tastes like grass, and I don't know which one that is, but I keep getting that one, and I know what it looks like, and I eat it anyway. Uh, I love jelly bellies. So, yeah, that's uh, that was my Easter. <laughs> was eating a bunch of jelly bellies. Uh, I don't know why that made me laugh like that. I don't think I've ever laughed like that in my entire life, uh, but it just happened there. Uh, that was my Easter. Was eating jelly bellies. And I watched uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian. I should have talked about that for a while. We're almost at the hour mark. Seems too late to talk about Life of Brian. Uh, my opinion of the three Monty Python films, probably the strongest one. Even though I, I love Holy Grail, and I've probably got Holy Grail much more close to memorized than I do Life of Brian. Life of Brian, I think, is maybe a better movie. Meaning a life is leftover sketches, clearly, but uh, Life of Brian's a good one. Maybe uh, maybe if you haven't seen that, you should watch it. <laughs> I uh, I like that one a lot. Only other thing I can think of to talk about is uh, Julian Lennon put out uh, an acoustic version of his dad John's song Imagine in the last week and a bit, Uh, and it's Julian Lennon had always said he would never cover Imagine unless it were the end of the world, and instead he covered it for what very well could be the end of the world, Uh, he covered it in tribute to Ukraine with all the stuff going on there, you know, the war and genocide that's happening there. Uh, He did Imagine. Accompanied on guitar and background vo- vocals by uh, Nuno Betancourt, formerly of Extreme, possibly currently of Extreme. I'm never really sure what their status is. Uh, it's really good, <laughs> and you should listen to it. Just Google Julian Lennon Imagine; it'll pop up for you. It's a good version. I liked it. Maybe you'll like it too. And it's for Ukraine, so you know, find a way to give money to that. That's it, Jackmates. Thanks for hanging with me on a show where I didn't know what i would be talking about we got we got there i think it was fun i had fun hope you had fun i always have fun doing this but it's easy for me to entertain myself i hope i entertained you is the thing of it if i didn't email me and tell me that in a nice way preferably I'll i'll reply to you thanks thanks for your time really appreciate it uh, please remember as you go about your business that, uh, there is still COVID-19 out there, even though the numbers are looking way, way better. If you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated, get boosted. Uh, I myself have had to delay my booster shot again because this last week was a fucking nightmare. Uh, but I, it's, it's happening this week. I swear to God. Um, it's just been hard. It's been hard, but get, get vaccinated, get boosted. Um, be responsible, wear a mask when you should, social distance when you should, and all that stuff. And when we get our next surge, that is inevitable, probably because of how we're all behaving, uh, do the right things at that time. Also, please remember that black lives matter, that trans rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights. And I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. Be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. All I'm saying is if you don't like how Getty Lee sings, I want to hear how you sing.